Welcome to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Here on this program, we do exactly as the name suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We peel the layers of the onion back. We try to look at the Scriptures, what God's Word teaches in depth and in detail, and at the same time explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to know more about what God's Word really teaches. And we're thankful that we have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to help you along that line through this radio program. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Study God's Word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Worship God with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to stop and get our battery, our spiritual batteries recharged. We come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for Bible classes, midweek Bible classes. Now, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. You're welcome to any and all of our services. We want to encourage you to tell everybody you can about the program. Encourage them to listen. We're on several times a day. But we know that some people, they cannot work into their busy schedules the exact times that the program is aired over the radio. So you can do this. You can tell everybody else they can do this. They can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button, and they can sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We do not solicit contributions over our radio program or through any of our teaching programs. We simply want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So we're not after people's wallets. When somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to whichever smart device they choose, whether that's their, their phone or their computer or whatever, they will automatically receive this radio program five days a week. Search the scriptures. But they'll receive a lot more Bible teaching. They'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a seven-day-a-week short, only about a 13-minute study each day called Today's Bible Class, keeping us in God's Word every single day of the week. Now, that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So people will have a tremendous opportunity to be in God's Word every single day, studying and learning and growing in their faith. Tell everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about, well, where did the universe come from? Where did life on this earth come from? And we want to look at it from not just a biblical perspective, but we should not at all be embarrassed or ashamed or kind of feel any anxiety when we try to tell somebody, I believe in God. I believe in God as the creator. Well, why? Well, 
bottom line, the scriptures tell me that God is the creator. Well, why do you believe the scriptures? We need to know why we believe the scriptures. Because the scriptures are God's word, but they are based upon not just a wild belief, unrealistic belief in God, but the scriptures are based upon substance and evidence. The evidence of God is all around us. If we want to think about it from kind of a, a poetic or a very descriptive kind of, of, of illustration, his fingerprints are everywhere. You see, we see tremendous design in our world and this earth, but also throughout the universe. And design demands a designer. That is a law of science. But another law of science, and it really kind of goes along with that, blends in with it, but this is a universally accepted law of science. The scientific community, no question, hands down, it's identified, accepted, realized, believed as a law of science. And that's the law of cause and effect. Now, the law of cause and effect says that for every effect, now what is an effect? Everything that exists, everything, everything that happens, there has to be a cause. The cause has to be greater than the effect. So you look up into the trees, you see the, the leaves blowing. Okay, you see the leaves moving, they're rustling back and forth. They don't do that on their own. What is the cause of those leaves rustling in the trees? It's the wind. The wind is the cause. The rustling of the leaves is the effect. We step outside on an August day and we say, boy, it is warm out here. How'd that happen? Didn't just happen. There's a cause. What's the cause? It's the sun. It's the position of the earth around the sun and that particular time of the year, and so the sun warms us up. That's the cause. The warmth is the effect. Now, we could go on and on illustrating cause and effect, but we really understand that. We accept it basically without even thinking about it. We know that something is the reason for something else happening. That's the cause, and that's the effect, and the cause has to be greater than the effect. Okay, so how does science, those scientists who disbelieve in God as the cause, the creator of the universe, of this world, of all life upon this world, how do they explain the existence of the universe? How do they explain this earth with all of its ecosystems that are, that are interactive with each other and inter-supportive for one another, how do they explain that? How do they explain life on this earth? Well, they've come up with something called the Big Bang Theory. Now, they, they, recognize, they recognize through astronomy and physics that beyond any reasonable doubt, our universe had a beginning. Somewhere back in time, it had a beginning. Prior to that moment, though, they, they would say there was nothing. During and after that moment, there was something, and that's our universe. Did you get that?
somewhere back in time, there was nothing. They would say time began as the universe came into existence, basically. There was something there all of a sudden. Before that, there was nothing. Then there was something. And they have calculated that, according to standard theory, our universe sprang into existence. Did you get that? Sprang into existence as a singularity around 13.7 billion years ago. 13.7 billion with a B years ago. Now, where did the singularity come from? And what is a singularity? And they would say, to be honest, we don't really know for sure. Well, why? Because nobody's ever seen one. You see, it's made up. It's, it's thought up. It's postulated. We think there, there was probably a singularity somewhere back in time. What's a singularity? We don't know. Where did it come from? We don't know. Why did it happen? We don't know. We see, if, if you're just imagining something that nobody has ever seen and that you cannot prove, you can call it anything. You can call it anything. Singularities, they would say, are zones which defy, defy our current understanding of physics. They are thought to exist at the core of black holes, but now they can't prove that because nobody's been through a black hole. Black holes are areas of intense gravitational pressure, and the pressure is thought to be, is thought to be, but of course nobody's ever been through a black hole. The pressure is thought to be so intense that finite matter is actually squished into infinite density. In other words, finite matter, matter, what is matter? Anything you see around you, you that has substance, that's matter. A rock, dirt, a chair, anything. That's, that's made up of matter. And so it's thought that, that the gravitational force within a black hole is so, in, so powerful, so intense. But of course, again, nobody's ever been through a black hole. So again, this is postulated that it takes whatever matter enters into it and it squishes it down into infinite, de infinite density. What does that mean? It crushes it down to be smaller and smaller and tinier and tinier and tinier. And so the pressure is thought to be that intense. Finite matter is actually squished into infinite density. And, that's, and they would say, that's a mathematical concept that truly boggles the mind. Well, the whole idea that all of a sudden there was a singularity when nothing existed before that, that would boggle the mind. And where did the black hole come from? Didn't exist before. All of a sudden it was there. Now, these zones of infinite density are called singularities. Well, again, if you're just kind of trying to calculate it in your head or, or reason it out in your head and there was nothing there and you can't prove it, you've never seen one, nobody's ever seen one, you just think it must have existed or might have existed at least, we, you can call it anything. So our universe is thought to have begun as an infinitesimally small, infinitely hot, infinitely dense something. They call it a singularity. Okay. Now, before that singularity existed, there was nothing. Where did it come from? And they'll say, we don't know. Why did it appear? And they'll say, we don't know. 
Why did it do you say what it did? Uh, we don't know. So what do they believe? This infinitesimally small, now that means no way you can see it with the human eye. It's a little lump of matter so dense that you'd have to have a powerful microscope to be able to see it if you could even see it then. We're talking about tiny, tiny to 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 an incredible degree. And at the same time, it was infinitely dense, infinitely hot, and infinitesimally small. And then, now where did it come from? Don't know. A moment before it came into existence, there was nothing. Now, I mean nothing. Emptiness everywhere. And then this infinitesimally small, infinitely hot, infinitely dense lump of matter all of a sudden appeared. How? They don't know. Where'd it come from? They don't know. Why did it appear? They don't know. Why did it do what they say it did? Uh, They don't know. So what they say it did was it basically exploded and expanded, and from that little lump of matter that you couldn't see with the naked eye, tiny, that it expanded into all of the massive lumps of matter that we call planets and stars and moons and everything else that exists in the universe all around us to the ends of the universe. Now, does that make any scientific sense to you? Any? But you see, it is an an attempt to explain the existence of the universe without God as the creator. We know scientifically, and it's accepted as a scientific fact, that nothing comes from nothing. Something does not suddenly come into being spontaneously from nothing. There is a scientific law called the law of cause and effect that is universally accepted by the scientific community. There has to be a cause to bring about any effect. Now, that's what I was talking about. You see the leaves rustling in the treetops. They don't do that on their own. There has to be a cause. We recognize the wind is blowing. That's what rustles the trees. We step outside on an August day. We feel hot or at least warm. We understand that heat comes from the sun millions of miles away up in the universe. We can go on and on talking about cause and effect. The cause has to be greater than the effect. A little lump of matter suddenly appear, uh, appearing out of nowhere, out of nothing, that is science fiction. It is not science. It is science fiction. Now, when we look at the universe, when we look at all of the interaction and the self-supporting mechanisms, and particularly when we zero in on our Earth and all of the ecosystems that 
interact and support one another, there's only one rational conclusion as to, all, as to how all of that took place, how all of that came into being in such a synchronous fashion, and that is God. Very first verse in the Bible, in the beginning, time. What was the time before God? There was no time. We're talking about eternal being. That was the beginning of time. Before that, there was no such thing as time. God is not, is not relegated to a timetable. God is not limited by what we understand as time. We're finite. He is infinite. We are mortal. He is eternal. In the beginning of what we understand to be time, that's when time in reality began. God, God who is already there, infinite, eternal. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the rest of Genesis chapter 1 goes through the steps through which he put everything we see in this earth and in the universe in order. God, the creator, the cause, the effect, everything we see around us in the universe. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, brought order in the form of light. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. We already have a designation of evening and morning, the understanding of a 24-hour day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. We would call that basically an atmosphere. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. The atmosphere, moisture, the waters under the firmament, what we see in the, all of the water tables all around us on the earth. Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens, upon the face of the earth, be gathered together into one place. What do we mean? Oceans, seas, rivers, lakes. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. God again bringing order to the creation. And God called the, the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in there it is, is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens 
to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, that would be the sun, that star that we call the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves which, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply in the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, with a soul, in other words, a spirit being within our physical bodies. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Well, God created this earth, the whole universe, the stars, the moons, the sun, one of the stars, to give light to this earth and warmth, God put it all in place, all in order, in a synchronous fashion, and he created all the life that we see on around us on this earth, including ourselves. Cause, God, the effect, everything we see around us. The cause, greater than the effect, the creator, God himself. Without God, you cannot explain anything that we see around us. You cannot explain life without God. Without God, every attempt comes up as science fiction. Let's pray. Father in heaven, to you be the glory, the honor, and the praise as the creator of this universe, of this world, of all life thereon. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. Help people open their eyes and their hearts to see and believe and to come to you, Father, as God. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.